0: It's the International Women in Film Podcast with your host, Michelle the Trainer. MTT is Michelle the Trainer. Aloha and welcome to the International Women in Film Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle the Trainer. Today's very special guest star is Jen Page, who has directed and produced multiple feature films branded series, music videos, live stage shows, and a TV talk show. Her latest thing is this very cool rock opera. Determined and passionate, Jen has a reputation for taking on tough projects and leading them to excel against the odds. Although she's directed in almost every genre, she's most drawn to romantic dramedy and musical projects. Some of her favorite actors and musicians she's worked with include Billy Ray Cyrus, Shirley Jones, Corey Feldman, and Eric Roberts. Her latest film, The Breakout, A Rock Opera, just had its world premiere in June 2016 at the world-famous Chinese Theater. We can find Jen at www.jenpage.com. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this interview. I really enjoyed The Breakout, A Rock Opera, And have a spectacular day. Thank you. Aloha and welcome to the International Women in Film Podcast. Today's very special guest star is Jen Page, J E N N Page, who (laughs) directed an amazing film, a rock opera that I just had the pleasure of seeing which I thought was amazing. Jen, are you there? I am here. And I love that you made sure that people know it's two ends. Because
1: Jen with one end's a cheerleader or something.
0: <laughs> so you have an amazing body of work. How did you start with all of this? Well, you know,
1: the short story, because it's actually a very long story, but the short story is I graduated theater as an actor. I moved to New York as an actor. I from Los Angeles from, from uh, Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville, in the middle of corn. Wow. I grew up in East St. Louis, which is very much um, I, I always call it ghetto country. And then I went to college in the middle of corn and went to New York because I was like, I always knew I was going to live in New York. I booked every role I ever auditioned for in New York. A film that I starred in won Scream Fest as the best student film, which Scream Fest wasn't as big then now, but now it's like the Oscars are for horror movies. Sure. Um, But then I came to L.A. with some friends of mine because their show got bought by Fox, and I thought, oh, it would be fun to hang out on the set of, of a Fox show. And I found that I couldn't even get an audition in L.A., so I started to produce for myself. I started to make movies for myself in 2003 and nobody was doing it at this point. Like it was when we asked for people to come out and make a movie for free, everybody came out with the top of the line gear because everybody was excited to be a part of something. You can't do that anymore because the digital revolution has sort of killed that, but we did it. And I had so many, I made a lot of, you know, um, A lot of producing partners, I met a lot of my people I still work with now, like one of my composers, Joseph Carrillo, I met him in that first film. One of my uh, costume designers slash writers, Anthony Pierce, I met him then. We're still, you know, over 10 years later working together. Um, But what had happened after producing those, I decided I wanted to try directing And then I was directing myself, and then I started to find that I didn't care so much about acting anymore, that I just loved creating the moments, and I wanted to cast people who I thought were amazing, so I've only been directing since. Since 2011, I've been strictly no acting, just directing, producing by necessity, and been very lucky i will say (laughs) in my career very lucky i
0: know 2003 that's 13 years ago we didn't even have cell phone cameras then (laughs) so so you had to really gather even equipment right
1: oh yeah i mean that was back when you're logging and transferring tape and it was definitely a different time than it is now that's for sure
0: yeah a lot has changed since then so in your career you've got five feature films what what are they
1: um, Oh good. This is like the memory game. Do I want a prize? If I them all? <laughs> okay. So my first feature film was called lover war and I wrote it myself and paid for it myself along with my friend, Trayvon bell, who we, um, it was really low budget, like $8,000, but I wanted to make a feature film because I knew that at some point I was going to be offered features. I was making shorts and music videos and I was getting some attention and I was like, I better practice making a feature. So I did that. Um, Before that was even finished being edited, I was hired to direct a feature film. It was a cancer drama. And seven days they gave us to make the feature film. So I brought on uh, Lex and Greg from Long Lost Pictures. And we had already done a couple things together, including a short film called Brownie Points, which we had sold and made a profit on. So we were all gung-ho. We'll do this film in seven days. Wow. We'll do film in seven days. It was ridiculous. In Los Angeles? In Los Angeles. Wow. Um, that then led to, we, we, we were like, we're never working with those producers again. That was a horrible experience. We're not going to do it. Uh, but then I got a call from those producers a week before they were going into their next movie. They said they'd fire their director. They wanted to know if I would direct it. And I was like, no, because they were crazy. Um, and then they said, but it's starring Eric Roberts and Corey Feldman. And I went, Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman. (laughs) Okay. Because I mean, let's face it. I grew up. Watching him and all the best movies, you know, my childhood was filled with Corey Feldman. I actually, as a a teen, loved Corey Haim and everything Corey Haim. I had photo albums of Corey Haim. So it's like, here's his brother, his homeboy. I had to say yes. Turns out that feature, I was gonna get to have five days to shoot. And that was insanity. Um, And it's always funny when producers say, oh, but it's one location. Do you know how hard it is to make one location look good for an hour and a half? And five days means my actors were working like crazy people. Like they, There was a day where my one of my leads, Jeffrey Johnson, who is fantastic, I was like, Jeff, we just don't have time. You've got five pages of pretty much all monologue. Can you do it in one take? He said, let's do it. And, wow. he, and he killed it. And that's the only way we ever got through that was the sort of the backs of my small crew and the talented cast. What happened after that? So then after that, I got hired. I mean, I got hired to do some things in between web series and music videos and such. But the next feature came. It was a musical comedy.
0: You have a very musical
1: resume. I love doing musicals. And again, they fired their director. They had a week before they were going to shoot. It's a musical feature. And I'm like, this is insane. But I loved the music. It was so good. And it was a musical. I mean, hello. So I was like, yes, I'm definitely in. Um, was some of the most beautiful musical numbers I've put on film. I absolutely still love to watch those.
0: What is it? What's it?
1: Um, It's called waiting in the wings. Wow. It's, uh, there's stories that we can get into where I would say, I I don't recommend people watching it. And I know that that's, but I had an amazing cast, the cast, um, Lee Merriweather. She, she, you know, she's original Catwoman. She is so freaking good in this. Like she's, I don't want to even say her age because I'm not sure I'm going to get it wrong, but she's definitely over 70. And we had moments where I had her running back and forth and getting props and doing all these crazy physical things. And she was so funny and did all of them so well. And I met one of my favorite actresses now that I work with whenever I can, Rena Strober. She's a Broadway goddess. Um, and then I think my last uh, film after that was called The Lurking Man. And it was a horror thriller. And I, I never had any interest in doing a horror, but it was very character driven. It was about a mom who's an alcoholic, who's in limbo. And it was a really good friend of mine who was producing it. And I felt like if I come on then I can kind of help protect her investment and make a great movie. And we shot some really beautiful stuff. And that's now in post-production. Like it's, I'm telling you, I've been lucky. Not many filmmakers can say they've been hired to direct this many films or been hired to get paid to direct web series. So, all my days where I'm really sad and bummed, I'm like, oh, I need a project. It's like, Jen, chill out. Like, you're lucky. Just, it'll happen, you know.
0: That's a wonderful snowballing story mm-hmm. overall. I mean, how everything leveraged to the next great thing. And the thing is, a lot of everything in life is momentum.
1: And each time I'm like in a sort of rut, it's like, I got into this sort of post production rut where you just get like post-project depression and you need to (laughs) you need to work on something or you feel like you're just you know your life is ending so what I do is I'll jump into anything literally I'll just start writing a film or writing a series or working on someone's thing because inevitably as soon as I get into that things start falling in my lap and then I get so busy I can't even breathe but it's a momentum the universe wants to give us what we put out I believe
0: yeah and then when you have all the pieces you almost feel required to finish the project, oh, right? I,
1: I have a heart I can't not finish. I am, it's a problem I have.
0: So when did you work with Billy Ray
1: Cyrus? Billy Ray, he was like two years ago. Um, That's such a great story too, because, so my first. Tell us, tell us. My first web series I ever did was, it was, so I, my first short film I ever did as a director was called Pubert. And it was based on this kid who was trying to, Get home from school, and he had lost his dad's baseball, and all these antics start happening all the way through, like a biker gang chasing him down. I loved working with the kids so much that I decided to do a web series, and nobody was really doing web series then. So I just, it was kind of a weird thing to do, but I was like, I knew I wanted to make a series of this. So I took David Gore, who was fantastic as the lead pubert, and I cast all these new kids around him in the web series. One of which was this kid, Tucker Elbreezy. He's this tiny little redhead, freckled kid who just was so mature for his age and so hilarious. And he played Peeward's best friend. And, you know, we just kind of had a good time and made this web series. Who knew many years later, that was like 2000, I'm going to say nine. I'm just throwing a number out there. I might be wrong. We're good. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, That was 2009. Then two years ago, Tucker's mom was like, hey, I need to do these little real scenes for Tucker and some other kids. Would you shoot him? And I'm like, you know, I'm not doing anything right now. So yes. And again, I always go back to the power of yes. Just always say yes. Unless something still feels icky or you just aren't interested. Just say yes. So I do. And then we are doing these little scenes. It turns out it's with Noah Cyrus, who is Billy Ray's daughter. It's his favorite daughter. We all know it. I just said it. There you go, Billy. Get mad. I, I, we can all tell. Um, but it's Billy's daughter. And we we were doing these scenes, which then led to me doing all this initial content for the Seriously Cyrus channel. So all the Cyrus family were going to be together on one YouTube channel and have all this content. So I did the trailer. and I did the initial... Um, like Billy Ray had these things called Sunday sessions where he would just talk to the camera and play the guitar. And these it was great. Um, which then that led to being asked to film his concert one night in Hollywood and this is a big power of yes because I was like oh my gosh there's barely any money I have a photo shoot the next day I need to look good and it's late and uh, it's Hollywood I had all the excuses in the book and I finally was like you know what yeah fine I'll do it and then I asked my film partner at the time Your Landry I was like hey you're going to be down the street you just come over let's just film it like you know we'll each get like 75 bucks or something ridiculous but let's just do it so he said yes, which he never does. We show up, and the owner of the record label is talking about how Billy has this video shoot in a week, and they don't have a director or a cinematographer. And I'm like, um, hello. He's like, oh, you guys want to do it? Okay. <laughs> so basically, we get this, like, my first and Collier's first really big music video for a major recording artist dropped in our lap because we showed up. Brilliant. Um, That is brilliant. Yeah, and then we worked with him. We got to do this video, and that was a whole interesting, you
0: know. And you told me you loved working with him. Billy
1: Ray is my favorite person I've ever worked for. He's the kindest man. He's so generous. There were times where, you know, I would give him an idea, and he'd be like, nah, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I'm like, all right, Billy, but I'm telling you, you're going to want it later. And then we would film. We'd edit more of the video. We'd edit more of the video, and then finally he'd go, you know what? We need that thing. And I'm like, yep. And he would just. (laughs) show up at, i would like just show up here at 9 a.m and he would just show up and we would go guerrilla style shoot it and just you know and then he would want to pay us for our day and i'm like billy no like we're here out of because you're you've come because we've asked you to because it's something i want don't even worry about that and he's like no i'm a businessman i take care of my people like he's so amazing to work for and i've worked for people who you know are really big wigs in this town and don't have half the generosity of that man So, yeah, it was a really great experience, and he's doing well now. You know, he's got Still the King uh, on CMT starting, and Nashville's going to CMT, so hopefully that's going to help him, and I feel like he's going to get the
0: comeback that he totally deserves, and I'm happy to see that. That's wonderful. And then... That's not all, because you've got Shirley Jones.
1: <laughs> so Shirley was in Waiting in the Wings, a musical. And she had one day on set with us where she had to come in and do this giant, big musical number. What was the project? It was Waiting in the Wings, the musical okay. feature, okay? So she, sho- she shows up. And, I mean, Shirley is, she's definitely not a young woman anymore. And we're making her do these big dance numbers and singing. And she kills it. She's so fantastic. And, you know, I kind of get her in and get her out. And as she's leaving, she, this is one of my favorite stories. This is why I tell this story. She's leaving and she goes, um, I go on, I run over and I say, Shirley, I just want to say thank you so much for the day. And she kind of nods and then she stops and she comes back to me and she goes, you, you're really good. And I kind of laugh it off. Ha ha ha. And she's like, no, really, you're really good. And like, I was on cloud nine for quite some time because I'm like, this woman has worked with
0: Everybody. She's
1: been doing this for longer than I've been alive. And she said that to me. And to this day, anytime someone gives me any grief or, you know, they're just not understanding why I'm doing things the way I'm you go doing. go back them, to
0: your Shirley Jones moment.
1: <laughs> I know what I'm doing, man. I, and it's, you know, and there's so many times in my career where I can be like, I've pulled this off. And I know that I know what I'm doing. But people, this town can be really hard, especially if you're a creative person with a big heart and you just... You know, you kind of feel like you get stepped on a lot. So You always have to keep these little tiny nuggets, these wonderful moments in your pocket to pull them out to look at. Like, oh, yeah, I remember that time.
0: That's such a lovely story. That really is. And what about Eric Roberts? Eric is such a sweetie.
1: It's funny as I had a lot of um, I was told a lot before he came that, like, you know, Eric's hard to work with. And I was just waiting for the worst. But he came in. I was like, okay, here we go. We're just going to just do this. And I just went in and I was fully me and when he was a smart ass, I was a smart ass back and I think we bonded because of it and there was one point where there was something where the whole crew standing around and he goes, come on guys, I got to go, my car's here in an hour and everybody knows we're supposed to have him for like six more hours and there's panic on everybody's face and I look at him and I go, Eric, it's only like 10 a.m. Your watch is totally wrong, or something, just real smart and calm. And from then on, we were just bonded, and it was great. That's
0: Eric nice. works so
1: much. He's so busy that I, I'm sure that he could not tell you half the films he's done at this point. I don't know anybody who works as much as he does.
0: That's amazing. And then, how did you come across my new favorite film, The Breakouts? <laughs> The Breakout. Just audience, just so you guys know, it's called The Breakout, colon, A Rock Opera. Yes. One, that is the word. And it's about a breakout. Okay, Jen, you go. You tell them. Well,
1: it's... I wish Chris was on the phone, our writer, producer, because he does this so well. But it's basically a high school nerd who decides to break out the love of his life who he's never met and along the way he meets some misfit friends and actually gets friends and chris is probably listening to this now going jen you're totally screwing this up (laughs) every time we're doing media or pr i hand him the mic at this point i'm like i don't know i'm just the director was there a script for this but the breakout is one it it is for anybody listening it is on itunes so you can totally search the breakout of rock opera and hear the music and chris did an amazing job i the whole film on there the whole, well, the whole, all the music for all the film, the entire cast soundtrack is on there. Oh, I want really them to cool.
0: see the whole film, though, too. But the music, this whole film, you guys, Jen gave me so I could preview it during the premiere. It's amazing. The cast is amazing. The songs are amazing. The story is about a breakout. It's sort of a older kids coming of age story as well is that fair to say yeah I would say it's fair to say right okay I don't want to tell them the whole can I tell them the whole thing
1: (laughs) well the thing is (laughs) you know we're trying to right now we're on the festival circuit so we're hoping to get more premieres out around the country the festival circuit is definitely its own beast so it helps you know to we have to make friends and try to get people to screen it and then hopefully people listening will get to watch it eventually it will be on iTunes or something to watch which will be fun but for now there's a trailer online and there's music and it's it's great. And that's kind of what brought me on to this whole thing because, again, it's the power of, of sort of yes and sticking to your guns. I had been asked to direct the International Academy of Web Television Awards. I decided that I was gonna direct a, if I was going to direct an awards show that I was going to have an opening musical number. Yes, I'm the musical girl. We keep saying this. So everybody there thought that was crazy. I got phone calls actually from some of the people in the organization saying, you need to not do this. It's already too big of a show. I'm not enough budget. You know, you're, you're going to bring it down. And I was like, oh, the worst thing you could do is tell me that I can't do something. Then we end up through the help of my good friend, Rena, who was the one in the waiting, waiting in the wings of musical, the actress I talked about. I bring her into the to be a part of this musical opening number because I know she's going to be amazing. And, the, and immediately we start talking about who we can get as hosts for the show. And she brings us Roger Bart. Roger Bart is a two time Tony winning actor. I'm pretty sure he's been nominated for other awards like Emmys and stuff. Like he is a crazy talent. And now I'm like, there's no way I'm not doing a musical number. If I have a two time Tony award winning musical actor hosting the show. So I finally get our producer on board who writes this great song. That's super fun. And he composes it with this fantastic composer, Adrian. And, um, they, Get me the song. We get it to Roger. Between Rena and I, we choreographed this number, and we put it on stage at this event, which is this huge hit, and it's actually online. If you look up the International Academy Web Television, I think 2015, you can see the opening number. It was so fun. But because of that, when Chris Edgar, the writer of The Breakout, was talking with Lena, Leah McKendrick, she says, if you want a musical director, you need to see Jen Page. So he calls me. I tell them if the music doesn't suck, then I'm in. The music is And fantastic. the music
0: is great. The music fantastic. is so... Chris Edgar wrote the music and you the movie, did. right?
1: You did. And you think that when, you, when, you, when someone calls you with like, I have this idea for a web series, which originally was a web series, and you're going to hear the music, you're like, oh God, okay, I'll listen to it. And then I was so blown away with how good it was. So of course I was in. And then... What was great about that whole circle was then we ended up getting to cast Leah McKendrick as Mrs. Fancher in the film. She's the female teacher in the film that you watch. So it's, I just love these stories. I mean, you just never know who you're going to talk to or who's going to see your work. It's just, I always say the power of yes and moving forward and momentum and just, this world is pretty magical. Okay, so now you get to ask all the questions about So where did you film it? So we filmed it um, around Los Angeles. We got really lucky with a school in Silmar that gave us um, access to their school for really cheap. I mean, it's low budget, and we shot it in seven days, which was not near enough time or money. But That's amazing. You know, it's still, we put all of our heart and soul into it. And those actors, I have to tell you, we, were, looked, we weren't settling on an actor. We were going to look until we found who everybody we loved. And when certain actors walked in, for instance, whenever Andre, who plays our lead walks in the room and he's like acting and he's kind of nerdy, but he's really cool. And I can't put my finger on it. And I just love him to death. And then he sings and he's so R&B. Now, mind you, I am from East St. Louis. So I am a nineties R&B girl. So I was in love, but Chris wanted somebody more rocker. So I'm like, Andre, will you please come to my house and let me put you on tape, learn these two songs and come and just rock them out. And he does. And he wins Chris over. And now, you know, we have our lead. And Emma Farabee, who plays Scara with the pink hair, She she's somebody who I've worked with on smaller projects, and she was putting in all the work to the point of going, Jen, will you please let me come over and coach with you? And I'm like, if you're going to ask, of course it's a yes. I love an actor who works her ass off. And then she went in the room and blew Chris away immediately. Like, it just, all of our cast.
0: Um, it's great cast. They're, they're very, great- very talented. The voices are very diverse, and the music is great, and their synergy is great. Uh, And Gino
1: Seegers, who plays the principal, you know, my daughter knew him from Pair of Kings on Disney, but he was Mufasa in the Touring Lion King.
0: No way. You
1: hear this guy walking down the hall going, am I in the right place? You're like, oh, my God, this is our guy. (laughs) This is Mr. Rizzo. Because he's just so commanding and powerful. But the funny thing is he's actually the sweetest human on the planet. And so it's weird that he plays such a scary character. Um, And apparently he just finished this show called Banshee, which I can't even watch because it's too violent. And I'm like, no, he's my sweet Gino. But gosh, what a voice, what a talent he is.
0: That is so cool. Yeah, I hope that everybody is able to see the whole thing as well. So how can everybody find you and what is next?
1: Well... I'm pretty easy to find if you have the two ends. Jen, J-E-N-N, page, P-A-G-E dot com. Get you to everything. You can see samples of my work. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook. All the links are there. But on Twitter, I'm at the Jen page. What is next? Well, currently, I am working on a really interesting show. I never thought I would do reality, but I've been, I'm doing a costume designer behind, you know, like behind the scenes of film and TV costume designer show. Which is exciting because we're, you know, I was just on the back lot of Universal, which is my favorite lot. And I have dreams of having a bungalow there. And I love the voice forever. Mm -hmm. And I've been watching it since the beginning. And we're like in their wardrobe, you know, and hopefully going to be on their stage filming and got some stuff. Hope I don't want to say with what, because Marvel is so secretive, but there's hopefully some stuff happening with Marvel. And it's really cool stuff happening. But all of it, for me, is there's two major things I'm putting out into the universe heart and soul is in. And one is which is I finally wrote my first feature film, like my feature, a feature that's fully me. It's a dramedy. It's romantic dramedy. It's got music. you know, It's not a musical, but it's alt bands and really great music and bands on stage and just this great story. I want to get that script made. And there's been some interest in helping get that done. And then my other thing, I'm going to put it out there is Cameron Crowe, if you're listening, I really want to direct an episode of season two of Roadies because <laughs> you have made my dream show and I want it so bad. Wouldn't it be amazing if
0: I get that call and I'm like, oh, like the circle goes around again. See, you never know. You got to just put it out there, right? You got to put it out there. You never know who knows who. I mean, really, if you think about it, think of the amazing people that we come in contact with or we're one degree of separation from. Dude, for real. Bob like
1: it all happened. It all started on Michelle the Trainer Show.
0: See? On the International Women in Film Podcast. And I want you to reach out. The other women on the International Women in Film podcast are amazing too. I can see potential projects happening there down the line. Right. So it's true, you never ever know. Well, I really want to thank you for your time, J-E-N-N, Page. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so
1: much. I know, like, there's so many stories, so I hope we had, you know, got some stuff out, and I was fine. It was really yeah, fun. Yeah,
0: and, and if anything else comes up, let us know, because we definitely want to follow all of your work. So keep in touch so that we can have you on again. Thank you. All right, you guys got that? J-E-N-N, Page. Find us at internationalwomeninfilm.com. Find Michelle at Michelle Trainer on Twitter. M-I-C-H-E-L E Trainer. Or email IWIF at com. Find Michelle at com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-E TheTrainer.com. And visit Michelle's blog at engineeringwellness.com. Thank you all for listening.